For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas pod. We're here to go. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, Nikki Snacks Carter, and the Quan Cosby. Get your horns up because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas pod. We have a special guest, Kyle Umlang, joining the boys. Kyle was voted the top Twitter account for Texas fans. That's right. Most popular. Back to back. (laughs) Okay, Rogers. Wow. (laughs) That's impressive, man. So back to back champ. He's got his second volume of his book out, and he's a stat man. And I saw, you know, there was a tweet going around where you were comparing projections, Kyle. One site saying, Horns are projected nine wins, another saying 11. We'll start with you, man. Where do you see the horns this year? Nine, 11 are both too high, somewhere in the middle. We could call it 10. We won five games last year for anyone still living under a rock. Is, the, is, is uh, Arch Manning mania too big already? Has it gotten us way too hyped? I mean, I was hyped with Quinn, so uh, I can't even breathe right now with Arch. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I, that uh, on three sports tweet about uh, having 11 wins, they just, they don't understand what the ESPN FPI actually means. Like if you read it closely, it just says they're projected nine wins. They like took it a step further and went like game by game. And they were counting if Texas had any type of swing head to head, they counted that as a win. And ESPN is not projecting them to do 11 wins. No one is. So mm-hmm. you can, you can rest. No one, no one thinks we're going to get 11 wins, but I do think nine is possible. Nine is possible. So, I mean, it's, I would be happy with nine. Is this the most in Quan? I'd love to hear also from your perspective. Is this the biggest like swing year in our program? Maybe Q since you left, like the most paramount year to really put on a show and, and show progress and show some level of contention. Is this the most paramount year from your guys' perspective? probably since you know colt and vince days well I, the, the only thing is i think it's gonna be a larger swing here because we never had five win seasons um we, we ultimately were consistent and taking care of business year in and year out and we would go from 10 wins to 12 or 13 to 10 but that's it was just consistent winning and got a little complacent back then as a fan base and forgot how hard it is to do that. But yeah, no, I think it certainly, and and I'm with you guys. I think it's very, very possible. I mean, I was listening to non UT, which doesn't happen often, but I wasn't listening to the horn. I was listening to someone else and they started talking about our receiver course Started talking about kind of the weapons we have. And then you take that to my conversations with 
Bijan and some of the defensive guys about even these freshman linemen that if all they can do is get in the way, which they will because they're very large human beings, um, they're feeling pretty optimistic about it. So, man, I, I'm, I think it could be the largest swing. I think it would make all of us super happy people. And, um, man, we're a week, literally a week from camp starting. So I'm pretty fired up. I know it's like, it's like, it's a, I mean, we're past our one year on the horns up podcast. So mazel tov, as they say in the Jewish religion. Thank you. I know it's amazing. We've made it this far. Uh, me, Toss, Nick, still friends. Quan looks younger. So I think it's, it's just all, all positive. I'm trying to, man. All, all positive. Which, by the way, here. I want to digress real quick because it, you know, it's something I, I clearly follow Kyle, dude, all the things I, who doesn't, I'm going to tell you, my man, um, and, and text tags he won't admit it but he cracks up and he he looks at that every freaking time and he again he won't admit it but he knows you're not lying so he can't really say anything about it and i actually still talk to his butt behind the scenes but what made this start for you kyle when when you just started boom busting out the stats um, how did all this happen so yeah i've been on twitter quote unquote since like 2011 but from 2011 to 2019 i posted about five tweets total and i think they're about my cat it i I was never on twitter i don't i didn't really know how to use twitter and then in 2019 i was in grad school and one of my professors suggested um sharing our information visualizations for class on twitter because there's a big community out there that will help give you pointers on how to improve them and stuff like that so i started doing that and I would post a few and they would get a couple of likes. I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. Twitter's fun. And then I posted one about Texas and AM, like this long like comparison, like uh, infographic. And like Sam Ellinger retweeted it and it blew up and I got like a thousand followers overnight. And I was like, uh oh, uh, I, I guess I'll do college sports stuff because this is where the likes are. And so then I started doing just strictly Texas stuff. And then I was introduced to Twitter trolls who, <laughs> who basically attacked every single thing I had with stupid stuff. And so ne- then I started uh, coming back to everything they would say with actual like truth or stats. And that's basically how it, it all got started. So now that's all I do is just respond to people who are idiots and <laughs> po- post interesting things. Like, like we were just talking about the biggest swings. Um, the last time Texas had a, a five-win swing or more was 97 to 98. And before that was 89 to 90. They've only had one six-win swing, and that was back in 76. Wow. So, so Real time. Have, That's good stuff have, right there. We have not seen a five-win swing season to season in over 20 years, 25 years. So L- Literally it, since Vietnam. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be awesome if that, if that actually happens this year. I mean, the thing is, is like, like, are the stars aligning? Like, I'm looking at our schedule. The Bama game, I'm not. I'm. I Quan and Toss know this. I drink the Kool Aid. I pour it on myself. Like, dump it on my head. Like, it's an ice bucket challenge. But I'm not drinking the Kool Aid for the Bama game. You got to be realistic. Not only do they have the highest winner, the best player in the country, Will Anderson Jr., and that's a fact. Probably well, should have. And Saban's pissed off from the championship game last year. I was mad that Georgia won that just because I knew we had to play them. I was like, come on, man. I w- if they won, we'd catch them sleeping maybe, but he, this is like their revenge tour this season. So they're not going to 
give us any breaks. So yeah, I, I'm with you right now. Oh, and and of course, all the all the people that Sark took from his staff. There is a lot of reasons he is pissed right. off. <laughs> Hall and players too. Billingsley Hall, like we've we've gotten two of their weapons who can be solid pieces for us this year. It just outside that Bama game, because again, I really think I really think Will Anderson Jr. should have been in New York last year. I thought he was the best player in the country. Everything is lining up. Lincoln Riley's gone. We have a core. We were one of the best offenses in the big, you know, not only in the Big 12, but in college football last year. And our one, our one major issue, quote unquote, in offense, aside from the offensive line, was probably our ability to stretch the field. We ran the ball exceptionally well. But think about how much better we're going to be on the long ball with Quinn instead of Casey in there. No offense to Casey. Uh, wish him the best in Nebraska. But now we have Quinn Ewers in there. And our long ball is going to be better. And that, and that was something that kind of hurt us last year. OU, completely new team. We have West Virginia Coach at home. players, no Coach plays. All kinds of stuff. Do, yeah, I mean, the, the guy that came in and burnt us last year. I mean, we were celebrating in the third quarter. I was a vegetarian. I almost went and got a corn dog. I've told that story before in the third quarter of the OU game last year. But outside the OK State game, are we looking at any games that are really you know, potential losses. Like we have a lot of the tougher teams, Baylor at home. We have West, like, look, JT Daniels was on that Georgia team. We thought he would go in the game at some points. He's at West Virginia, now, but we have them at home. Like we do. But I, I do think Baylor's a, a good team. It's hard not to um, respect what Aranda's done down there. He has them believing like nobody's business. Um, and let's be real. As much as we are optimistic about what's coming, we haven't been that great at home. You know, so we we we, we actually a uh, little bit better. No, actually, not even last year. We just we're we've gone years without DKR being a true home field advantage, and we didn't play like it either. Until yeah. until this team, I see them play a game of two half football against a Big Twelve opponent. I can't say that we're going to guarantee beat anyone because, as we've talked about multiple times on this show, and Quan, you know better than anyone, we always get their best. Whoever we're playing, we always get their best. And that was one thing that Quan just did a little, little 360. Yeah, hey, I just did a going in and out. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? I said, this thing sucks. Twilight yeah. Zone over here. You're yeah. good. Take it back now, y'all. He just stepped back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Crisscross. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, uh, Josh, I, I want to agree with you, but ultimately the product has to match the hype, right? And, and that's what we're waiting for. But I think, I think we're putting ourselves in a good position to, to compete every single week and to win every week outside of that Bama game, like you're saying. But you did – that was interesting. You mentioned Casey Thompson, who obviously will be quarterbacking for the Cornhuskers um, in Nebraska. Kyle, you released a, a list of eight official Blue Bloods Yep. Yeah, we got college, right. college football blue bloods. Nebraska made the cut uh, along they're, with they're oh. hanging on by a thread. <laughs> I mean, but they they were so good for so long that like they got to continue what they've been doing for another like two decades to fall off. It's they they cemented themselves many, many decades ago. They did. See, not, the only problem list. is that they the worst move they ever made was going to the Big Ten. They can't recruit Texas anymore. And that's that's why. I know I, I I will always and forever the Tommy Frazier's the, the the Crouches. I'm with you, and they will stay a blue blood in my head. But man, at least people joke about us being back or not back. 
It's not even a joke in Nebraska. They're just like <laughs> they're gone. They're <laughs> just gone. I so, mean, yeah, it, it's not good. So the other but, the other teams on the list, obviously, just list them out real quick: Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame. We mentioned Nebraska already. Ohio State, Oklahoma, our Texas Longhorns, and the USC Trojans. I'm sure you caught a lot of flack from the teams that were excluded. Who is the most contentious fan base that believes they're a blue blood that I mean, is vying for that ninth, 10th spot? It's all the Florida schools, Miami, yeah. Florida state. They're all like, or, or, or Clemson because they were good the last six years. Uh, football has been around for 150 years. So I was like, dude, that don't make it. I mean, <laughs> but the only thing, blood. the only thing going against Nebraska is everyone's getting younger. Like as time goes on. So, People that remember them being good, they're going to be fewer and fewer of those people if they keep this up. So they could fall off the list just because no one remembers them being good. But just a crazy, a crazy stat about how good Nebraska was. Alabama has, they've, they've appeared in every AP poll since 2008. That's 213 straight weeks of being in the AP poll. They won't beat Nebraska's record for most consecutive AP week appearances until the 2029 season. Nebraska. What? Uh, Nebraska appeared in 348 polls from 81 to 2002. Every poll. That's why they're a blue blood. And, the, dude, and no one remembers that on Twitter these days because everyone's like 15 and 18. Dude, so, I actually got one more thing to say about that. We're in a time of alternative facts. We're in a time of opinions over facts. We in the media, in the news, in politics, in life, and even in sports. I'm amazed and kudos to you for constantly throwing facts at them. But because of the times we're in, I mean, and especially from an Aggie standpoint, they have a whole nother kind of way of going about life. Even when you hit them with facts. How crazy is it? I don't know how you deal with you're literally you just told us that it blew my mind. I didn't know it, but I was like, I'm better off because I just learned that. How do these arguments and with people, do they just go crazy, get mad and just talk crap and don't even pay attention to what you're giving them? Yeah, mostly it's, or, or they'll, 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 they'll talk about my mom's basement and how I live there. And I haven't, I haven't had a date in 20 years or, or like, I never actually went to Texas. They they just start. It's never, it's never like an actual rebuttal. It's mostly just, just, yeah, well, you were named after our football field or, um, college station is better than Austin. It's just, but, but I I have to do it. I have to do it because when they moved to the sec, like everyone's been brainwashed for the last decade thinking that they're this SEC powerhouse, but I got to bring them back to reality with these stats because they haven't had a back-to-back winning season in conference since like 99, I think. I love that we can just point to your Twitter to kind of go off of things because it's so easy and it just has all your opinions and facts here. You said that if you won the Mega Millions, by the way, did did anybody win that yesterday? I was like- Oh, nobody won. I got to buy one more. God, I got to buy one more. I didn't win. Well, you said that you would buy, take OU's buyout because you want to go to the SEC early. You think we're ready to rock there? I, I think we're we'd be. I think we'd pull an A and M and be fine the first year and just kind of put it into the SEC is better than everyone uh, hype that I've hated well, the last you know, like ten that years. Makes, that makes perfect sense because you're a stats guy. I say this all the time: the SEC is so top heavy. It, it truly is. When you go into bowl season. They get beat a lot. 
They really do. You have Bama. Georgia showed up. Florida has its days. Um, and really, that's it. I was about to say, who's next? That's really LSU. It. LSU did have a great oh, yeah, year yeah. a few years ago. They put, they so put you, the you best team of all two. time maybe on, on the field. Maybe. Yeah. And, 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 and you nobody know, can dispute. They won their natty. They were that good. They, they've had... But when you go to the Missouri's, you go to the Aggies, you go to Mississippi school, you go, and I'm like, Auburn occasionally is good here or there, depending on what team they buy. But they're really, they go into bowl season and get, and then th this is what they say all year, cannibalism, you know, we're beating up our own. Well, no, then you get out of the bowl season, you get your ass kicked too. So it's, that's, I'm right there with you. I want to go sooner than later, mainly because... I'm ready for those road trips. It's very selfish. Right. Yes. And I also want to absolutely debunk this whole SEC is just the premier. I will tell you this. And we may have talked about it on here. As a player, I got so pissed off when they were like, oh, SEC, it means more. I'm like, kiss my ass. It don't mean more. That's dude. I, it doesn't mean. And even the current players, it didn't mean more. So now that actually makes sense to me. I went to Fayetteville. I uh, didn't get to go to Baton Rouge, but seeing Fayetteville, how they responded to us coming, that statement, and of course, Feinbaum or whatever his dumb buddy is, he'd never actually admit this. That statement isn't about on the field. That statement is about Starkville. That statement is about Fayetteville, Baton Rouge, Tuscaloosa. Uh, you know, it's really about the fan base and how they tailgate, how they party. And in these towns where they don't have F1, or, you know, they don't have all these amazing FC, the, the things that we have, mm -hmm. it actually does mean more as a, and, 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 well, and but, the, funny, but, but Juan, I'd, I was just going to say, they make, yes, Austin, Austin's a little bit unique from a, from a college city standpoint in comparison to the other schools that are currently well, it's a in college the city, not a college town. Right. 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 That's very true. But I think like you're talking about, you're talking about Starkville, you're talking about Fayetteville. But what about comparing those to like Lubbock and Stillwater and Waco? Like, I want to play devil's advocate a little bit here because those are those are no, dude, similar those types of, of. I've been to every single towns. one of them. They don't tailgate like they do in the SEC, brother. Oh no, 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 no! And I, they agree also with don't you. follow that's, their teams like that. that LSU that's my got point. pissed off because we didn't have enough mobile home spots for them. Baylor don't travel <laughs> like that. Iowa State don't travel like that. And our schools in the Big Twelve, they just don't. But but it's not like Stillwater's like it's not like Starkville's that much better of a town than Stillwater. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the towns themselves. They all suck. I'm talking about the fans <laughs> that follow their teams. I'm glad yeah, you yeah, said yeah. that no, about Waco, Ames, not me. It's no different than Tuscaloosa. They both are just awful town. No, well, yeah, fans, it, they suck. And so it's not the, the actual West Virginia. Are you kidding me? That, that place, if you You're, really you don't like, you don't like Morgantown? There's some rough things about that place. Yeah. Hell, they shut down a hospital for game day. That's not right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is oh, the traveling, awesome. what it means about the fan that. base. And you know what's funny? They they care so much. We get all kinds of crap about t-shirt fans. The bulk of the people at these towns, they didn't go to the university. No. I mean, but that's all like, the, that's like their but you talk about like this all they have. But for me, like from a perspective, like, like a sports perspective, obviously Longhorns supersede anything. I would, I would give the last 15 years of my life. If, if someone's like, Hey, you're going to live to 90. I would kick it at 75. If it meant us winning a natty this year for this, for the squad. 
What am I? I might what, need a couple of. What? It depends on what, do you what mean, kind of what, health I'm in. What am I? What am I doing, dude? What am I doing from seventy-six to ninety? Like at that point, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm putting this in my back pocket. You're smoking and drinking and just chilling, dude. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> guess what, Kyle? You're wasting out on I, the best on the I, best night. I do that anyway, so like I, 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 say, <laughs> no, I might have plenty of that done before I get to seventy-five. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's for us, man. I just think this year. Cause you bring we were talking about Quinn, you know, and like the arch mania and all this and that, and how you can, can't breathe now with arch. I really think that this could be the year that we build the proper foundation. Cause we quote unquote had never left and we were back, but we came back and we built the house of straw. This could be our house of bricks this year. And I, 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 I want to talk about a little bit about Quinn Ewers and kind of Quan from your perspective, you know, again, touching on like you had, cause you had Colt and you had VY, you know, we've asked you in the past, some of the traits, what I want to hear what some of the things when you go to camp and you know, the next week and a half, what you're going to be looking for from Quinn and Kyle, I want to hear from your perspective, you know, some, some things that, you know, you think from a stat perspective, if possible, that you think, cause I touched upon the long ball that Quinn could really enhance, you know, that Casey maybe or the offense didn't have last year. Go first, Kyle. Uh, well, so I just want to say that regarding our expectations for this year, we play, we had a lot of games last year that were so close. Mm-hmm. Our offense did great, defense did great, then second half hit, and no one could do anything. So this year, I think our offense will be better, and hopefully our defense, which is basically not really improved. It's a lot of the same people, um, a lot of young people. I think if we just stay roughly at least where we are or better then we'll, we can win half of those games that were close and we were winning the whole time. So, um, because like, they're going to improve obviously from last year, if it's, if it's mostly the same guy. So that right there is three, four wins right there that last year we didn't have just based off of the maturity of our team and our weapons on offense. Like, like Quinn's going to have like, um, He's got Xavier and Nair and only 13 wide receivers in the entire country last year caught 12 touchdowns. Only eight of them were returning this year. Two of them were on our team. Like that's, he's going to just, he's going to be lobbing it all day long. I I cannot wait. I've seen him. I've seen him throw it far. It's beautiful. It's pretty. Uh, He has really great weapons. And if Whittington can stay healthy, he's going to have three ridiculous weapons to choose from. And then we got <laughs> we got Bijan who say say Quinn doesn't want to throw it. Bijan could just take off and oh, shove everyone to the ground. I love watching him run. He's amazing. I mean, the thing about like a couple things. First of all, you you're my brother from another mother because I can't even tell you how many times on this show me and all of us have been like if Whittington was healthy. Like he's things. never healthy, it, it, but it's like, it's, it's a sucks. night and day offense though, because no, like course, that's, yeah. that's your security blanket almost half. He's one of our best players. And I said he was thick Percy Harvin last year. Quan liked it. I caught flack, stuck with it. And then he was playing really well. And then it just, you know, unfortunately, I, I really think that was a major turning point in our season. Obviously, though, you lost. But that, to me, was such a huge turning point in our offense. Um, but we ran the ball exceptionally well without the threat of a deep ball. Mm-hmm. We really were a short yardage team last year. And we didn't have like – Think about opening up how much better Bijan and Roshan and Robinson are going to be 
Like we have we have three guys who can run the football. Yeah. Like and yeah, three we've, guys who are probably going to play in the league, and and I want to like, not to co-sign on Kyle, but there's a few things, and, and to your your question, Josh. One, those close games, it actually correlates to what playing with Vince and playing with Colt did. Mm-hmm. Love Casey Thompson, but if you're rated as high as uh, a Quinn or clearly in the future an Arch. Even on the defensive side of things, it'll blow y'all mind how many times Colt events wouldn't even talk to the defense and said, come on, give us a chance. And those little things and those tangibles, that it factor that gets you rated mm-hmm. at a perfect score, those little things, getting over those humps, and then just pre-abilities. You know, there's a lot of times, and, and people don't look at this stuff because you, you just look at the results, especially when the game is over. But I love Casey, but there's a lot of times he didn't make throws that – Quinn will be able to make wide open dudes. You know, there's times where, and it could have been, you know, he got pressure on him and all those different things, but Roe is older, Bijan's older, all these just factors. And then last but not least, culturally, I told you guys a few weeks ago, the spring game was mine, but people look at the game. Sure, I don't look at any of that. I look at how they prepare. I look at how they're focused. When I go to practice, what I'm going to be looking for from Quinn is who's following him. What conversations are they having? It's practice, as Alan Ivers said it so well. But culture of the team and the mindset and the work ethic, the, the, the what is being worked on, those are the things that I look at. Last year when I went to camp or practices, it's, I left there saying, eh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I was what about I, to say that was the conversation when we started the podcast queue last year. We kind of kicked it was pretty much we had kicked it to you from the jump because you had just gone to camp yeah. and you were not sure. And that's what I'm going to be looking for. And if you're rated on that level, I'm not it's funny because I'm on social media. Y'all know this. I'm just not that good at it. But the things I look at is this crazy as it gets. When I see a Quinn or Bijan tweet or Insta, I see Xavier in there. I see another big time player in there. Those little things, when you saw us, we were always together, especially as, honestly, from us, it was starters, walk on everybody. We love everybody, but yeah. we were always together, and you knew who the leaders were. Um, you see Demo. Demo freaking actually took – he told us a story about taking a Xavier to get him a deal with Covert. Those things right there have been missing for a very long time. So Sark's been working on the culture. The players have been doing it. It's starting to look more player-led, so – Dude, I'm fired up because I think all those things are going to come in fruition. And O-line and D-line, clearly so many things matter from that perspective. But the side conversations I've had about that, these dudes are some dogs. They're going to get some things wrong. They're going to have one hell of a night versus Alabama, but they're going to get better. These young kids, forget the ages. You have these level bodies. Leonard Davis, his freshman year, wasn't as good as Leonard Davis was his senior year, but that fool was damn good. He was a dog, and that's the things we want to see in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we had a guy, Kirkland, who committed PK, PK, the new PK, big PK commit, and his his quote was, Arch told me he needed a left tackle. Not about Not about himself, not about his brand. It was – quarterback said he needed a left tackle well did you hear a little bit more about that go for that it. guy that said that do you know yeah. a little bit more of his story 
share it, hey, please. I'll tell. I'll just put it in, in one in, in one sentence. He's never even been on campus. Talk about the that. power of Arch. He never. He said Arch told me he needed left tackle. I'm committing. Never been to Austin. How wild is that, yeah. dude? I just want. He's, yeah, he just wants to play football, dude. He's he wants to win. He wants to win. He wants to win. He wants to be of something great. And you know what? Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. Were you saying? Oh no, I was just saying he wants to be a part of something spectacular, which is what Sark is hopefully building right now with this, with this outlook and culture and all that. Mm-hmm. Because I, like, I think like, that- like, but before I noticed before Sark, I'm sure all y'all noticed this too. Yeah. Uh, once Sark took over, there were uh, past players coming out of the woodwork talking about Texas and stuff. I'm like, man, I haven't heard from these guys and throughout Tom Herman's whole uh, tenure. And I was like, they, they must have really not liked him. Uh, so I, I like that Sark is like, <laughs> I really do like that. Want to elaborate on that one, Q? The, uh, the... <laughs> without, without backing that bus up on my dude. Um, I, I just, I, the story, I'll, I'll focus on your point about Sark. I remember talking to Sark and his first week of getting here, even before the bad season, um, he said he couldn't get the eyes out of his office. Per my information, there wasn't even open door policy in the previous office, but he's like, Hey guys, um, don't, don't y'all need to go to class. And in seeing that talking about culture, seeing a different perspective, that's a great observation by you, Kyle, because they, they love the dude. They absolutely love him. Everybody thinks we gave X this crazy amount of money to keep him because this dumb school and, you know, the West side and this dude that we don't like very much tried to get him. I don't know this for a fact, but I don't think we did. I think they love him that much. I mean, again, we've heard the story where he, he needed his teammate to take him to get a car. That's how much they like this guy. That's how much they're buying in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think to your point, to those crazy close games that we unfortunately found a way to freaking lose last year, I think all those things, a full off season, full, full spring, full camp and summer, um, staying healthy, I think those are the little things that's going to get us over the hump and why we're so optimistic about eight, nine, 10 plus wins. Well, I think, I think part of the, those second halves that we painfully had to watch again and again exactly Kyle what you're talking about with Quinn at the helm and our guys maturing our talent level our talent threshold has risen right it's higher so even if we're at the same level of productivity as we were in second halves last year we're getting one more drive that lasts three first downs instead of one first right exactly and that completely changes the game for our defense because what happened too many times is we went three out three and out then they got the ball, they scored. We went three and out again. They got the ball and they scored. Now they're only down seven. And so, uh, unfortunately, Casey didn't – he was too inconsistent in that regard because he would get hot at certain points in the games, but then he would get ice cold at other points in the games. And if if Quinn can complete, you know, <clears throat> crosses passes across the middle, we can get easy first downs. And obviously we've got Bijan and what Josh is talking about. If the air raid's working, then that opens things up for B. John, and then he gets to cook. And then we're really, really just sitting back and eating, eating popcorn and watching him do his thing. Well, and we haven't even talked about the, the other elephant in the room. You have an analyst now and a Gary Patterson who is as good as it gets from in those situations. It's you know, you, 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 again, I didn't like him for a long time because he kicked <laughs> our butt. I mean, to the level of respect, 
I have the, I, I laugh because even though we lost to tech or whatever, I laugh at tech. I'm like, dude, we just, we kick y'all's butt way too much. Y'all just, we, I don't have that same level of respect I have for a TCU. Now we beat them, but they've been owning us. So to put him in that mix and the game plan as well, and to feature certain levels of, of backs and personnel and as early as we got them, there was, we, we're, we're just a better, we're in a, we got choice. We have Mary. We, we, we're in, I feel like we just, it feels so much better on and off the field from a coaching player, talent, culture standpoint. And I think those little things right there will win you in itself two or three more games. Yeah. We're well, kind of I mean, just going to go. Sorry, get caught. Yeah, sorry. It, it, I mean, we've seen OU how many years in a row have amazing offenses and just horrible defenses. Like you, you, you can make memes out of their defenses, but still 10 win seasons, still 12 win seasons, still four playoff appearances. All you need is the offense to do better than the defense and you're in. And yeah. I think that's what Sark's trying to build right now. I mean, obviously we have the weapons uh, to really improve off offense, but I want to give you a little nugget so that thank you you can Love just nuggets. drink a little bit more kool-aid in the next few weeks but in the last in the <laughs> nugget, last nuggets and kool-aid years, baby that's what we love it don't get any better than that in the last 55 years every year that texas has led the fbs in scoring offense they've won the natty which three times they've had the number one offense three times and they've won the natty those three times so we were what like top 40 in offense last year i can see us being top 10 this year easy just got to push it, keep pushing it to the number one offense, and we're golden. Were we not top 20? I feel like we were top 20 last year. Am I oh, crazy? I don't, I don't remember. I, uh, something. We, we, so we, 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 we were good. We were, in the, we were like the top well, offense it, in the it, Big 12. To, to Kyle's point, whatever we were, we're going to be better this right. year. Right. We'll be yeah, better I this like year. Well, we, we, didn't have a true, we didn't have a true ace at quarterback. Here's the thing from my perspective, and I don't think it's much of a hot take or much really deep analysis, but if you have an elite quarterback, you're always in the mix. If you can throw 101, you're always going to be in the mix to play some serious high-level baseball. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. if you if you can shoot the rock, you'll stay in the NBA. If you have a great yeah. quarterback, you're going to be in the mix in football. And if Quinn is again, he has to be what we think he can be. But if he's even 80% of what he's expected to be. I still would imagine that's a little better than Casey Thompson. No shake against Casey. He's just not that right. quarterback you could win a championship with. And it's going to explode because the players we have around him, like we, we may have the best receiver in college football. Like, I don't yeah. think that's that crazy outside of Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, I don't think that's that crazy of a take. No, it's who, not. Who, by the way, had he been coming into college, he would be a Texas Longhorn today, most likely. He would not have gone to Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's great, but he would not have gone to Ohio State. I just think, you know, there's a there's a lot that can go right. And last year, I thought it was a lot of wishful thinking. We had a healthy dose of reality, but almost a dose of reality we finally needed um, in Sark's first year. Since we've really been Longhorns, myself and Alex, the rivalry's been OU. But Kyle, your, your bread and butter is A&M versus Texas. When we go to the SEC, will the A&M-Texas rivalry supersede the OU, the Red River rivalry? It will for like traditions and people living in Texas and how it makes them feel and stuff, but not like, not for any kind of like actual worth. Like, you know, like, like when we play OU, we're playing for like 
the best or for the top spot in the in the conference or to get towards a championship mm-hmm. uh we play a&m it's just like playing your family member like playing your rotten little brother like it, 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 it they mean it, they, they mean totally different types of of things they're both big rivalries but i think i mean I, ticket sales uh merchandise revenue a&m is gonna take the cake in that but like for actually like having a it'll great win on the resume all that yeah still a great win on the resume it'll be ou like that rivalry will mean more for us uh to do well i think um if that makes sense no yeah q from your perspective what was it like oh no he said it best i mean the truth of the matter is AM. I still compete. I compete with my family. I compete with my brothers. We compete in all kinds of ways, but it just wasn't a real hate. And, and the and, and the reason being is because it on the field, I think AM's a great school, but on the field, it wasn't a lot of respect either. Whereas in the reason you hated Oklahoma so much is I just said it about Gary Patterson. We're we're growing that really hate TCU. Fort Worth is my second favorite freaking city in this state, but I'm like, I can't stand it because TCU keeps kicking our butt. OU in that game, it's always one versus five. And even when it's not ranked, that game means so much to, and let's be real, there's, it's a different state. You know, it's, it's, the level of respect is just different. I, I always said they're both rivals. There's a fun rival and a hated rival. And the setting of the Cotton Bowl, the setting of all that, um, it just made it so, it added so much to it. So I'm right there with you. It, it'll get, now when we get back, because it hadn't been played, because they threw a hissy fit when we got back, oh, it's going to be heated for, it, for, for a little bit. For yeah. a little bit. It's going to be love, real. It's actually I love really all the smoke. So oh, I, it's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. One rivalry. Then, as we keep adding to that massive lead we have over them, then they'll, they'll calm down. That's what it is, right? One of the bringing back to, earlier the eight blue bloods one is a blue blood versus a blue blood and the other is not one is a blue blood versus a team that has always been vying to be that same blue blood i mean go look at their fight song right how many times we've got to talk about it like they're a little they've been the little brother and maybe they've been better in the last 10 years but than they were when they were playing you, Q. And, you know, Reggie McNeil is just too nice of a guy to give too much shit to, you know? But, the, but I mean, like, the, even, like, go to the – you put up the best hand sign, Kyle, in college football. There's is definitely the lamest. Definitely the lamest. <laughs> it really is. Everything in there – everything they rank top in is, like, in a lame category. <laughs> the like Nick has tried to – I'm from New York. And Nick has tried to explain the ring tradition to me several times. I mean, it's, like – it's too serious. Like you, they take You're trying so hard. Like, like they're, they're like, please, we're not little bro. Yes, you are. You are just, and the, the funnies, I will say this. Some of the Aggies that I know will absolutely. Now they even almost lost their crap when we got back in the sec, but they, they're honest about it. Even you yeah. think about, it, they had the number one class last year and they're still, and right now they're in the sixties. You're not a blue blood dude. No, we went five and seven, and we're our class is blowing yours away. You bought a phenomenal class last year, and hopefully, it turns out. My argument is half of those guys are going to transfer to another school before it's all said and done. But you bought a phenomenal class, you cannot call yourself a blue blood. You go from the number one class to even say by the end of 23, you're in the 30s. No, dude, you can't do that. 
the Blue Bloods, even after tough seasons, they're going to be in the top 20. Yeah, bro. Anybody can get a girl's number and go take her out on the first date, but can you keep her around? That's the can real. Keep her around. That's the real trick right there. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, think about how many times you see people transfer if things aren't going right. Like if things don't, and that's like a thing I've, I know we say Arch isn't going anywhere and I really don't think he is just because of the pedigree of our program and what it means to be a longhorn in the city of Austin and all the NIL that can potentially come with it. But we still have to execute on the field for some of these other guys and to continue that. So we don't go from like one recruiting class or top three recruiting class, top three recruiting class to like a back half recruiting. I mean, I don't think we will, but I do think it's not, maybe not as important for it. It's Charlie and Tom had top five classes. Every That's the year. blue blood. That's the blue yeah. blood, dude. Yeah. And, and, and the difference is where we are now from a coaching staff support and all the above mm-hmm. from the top down. We talk about it with Hartzell, L-Ty, CDC. They're playing. I think we're around for a minute. I talked yeah. about Sark. I was at a chair event. And he said, I plan on retiring a Longhorn, which gave me goosebumps. It's just a different situation. So I think we're going to be around. And come on, Banks. Now, we start tearing it up, which we plan on it. There is a possibility of losing some coaches, which will suck. But it's going to happen. It happened via Mac. But I think we're going to be around for a minute. But Banks, that's what – Yeah, but, he, but the, they'll get – And it's a, it's a point I wanted to make earlier that I just kind of like lost. Like a guy like Choice, you know, a guy like Patterson – they're going to come like people went to Alabama to revitalize their careers. Like Charlie went to Alabama. Bill O'Brien went to Alabama. Sark went to Alabama. We want some of these coaches to start coming to us to revitalize their careers. I mean, that's going to be very important. And we want, you know, if coaches leave to go get good jobs, I hope, hopefully it's the reason that we were doing so well and they've earned those jobs and we could become a wagon wheel for coaches as well. Uh, Kyle, Talk to us about the book, though, man. You're releasing your second volume, your second book. You got an all. We got an author on our hands. He's not just Twitter fingers. He's a legitimate writer. <laughs> He's a legitimate writer as well. Uh, tell us about it, man, a little bit. So, like I said earlier, I met trolls. Started doing a bunch of. Um, I, it, I used to be just 100 pro Texas. No other teams ever touched my keyboard. But then I met A and M trolls, and I started uh, responding to them with like what became known as Aggie facts and mm. so then I started I had so many of them just at my hand at my disposal and people would DM me all the time hey I got my friend coming in uh uh this weekend uh send me that what was that one stat you had about AM and <laughs> and something and I'd find it and send to him and like you would not believe how many DMs I have just people requesting old stats that I had posted like they couldn't remember quite exactly what it was they knew like the gist of it but couldn't figure it out and so I was like you know I could just put these all in one spot for someone to find and they can have it on their uh, coffee table, uh, give it to their Aggie friend as like a joke. I, I had lots of people do that. Um, it's, it's just a collection of like my just 101 Aggie facts. So now there's two volumes of them. That's how many Aggie facts there are out there. And they're, they're like, you know, like, they have all sorts of um, great stuff. Like um, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, they've only beaten four power five teams in their entire school history. Arkansas State, they've only beaten three Power 5 teams in all of their school history. They have both beaten Texas A&M. And stuff like that that's in the book that, you know, people don't know these things. So good. People don't know these things. Uh, and so now ruthless. you can just open the book and find uh, great stuff. Like A&M has 37 wins against the Longhorns. Texas got their 37th win against the Aggies back in 1950. I mean, Damn, that's 70 years ago. That's how far behind they are. 
in the rivalry. That's why they're bad. <laughs> it's not even close. Or I, I had this one in the first volume that was um, call, uh, Texas A&M's campus is home to more Confederate statues than it is national championships. Oh my god, <laughs> that was a good one. True, bro. That's true. <laughs> He's such like a, he seems like such a nice guy. Like, <laughs> I am. An, I, I'm, a yeah, great, I know. I'm a great. I, I know. Hey, I, I, don't, I don't mean to not being mean. He, that's my I'm just, he just facts are facts. I guess. Yes. Like, I, I've had someone. I did a radio. Hey, show and if they take them all down, they'll still be tied. <laughs> I, I did a radio show, and they're like, Kyle. So, how, how like mind numbing does it have to be for them for them to say, Oh yeah, well. You're ugly. You're you're you live in your mom's basement. You're poor. All this stuff, and you just respond back with just a fact. Like you don't you don't ever come back with like name calling or, or weird things like that. It's only just it's just facts, and that's why it's so great because you can't really say anything about it. it you you read that and you're like, like 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 my dad's an Aggie, and I every I, every time I release a new book, I show I give him like a preview of it, and he's like flipping through it. I'm like, hey, look at that one. He's like, damn. He goes, I just. And he's like he goes i like he goes it's, it's funny goal. it's funny but how is that possible and it's just i i love getting that reaction so that's it's another reason why i do it just dude that's like, pretty bad that's cool right there my friends that, and family that is awesome uh kyle we always ask all our guests this to end it uh it's a very important question sure. uh it could be it could be anything great what is your favorite longhorn memory ever to be at the game watching on tv <laughs> could be you know who knows anything um i have a lot um but i think my favorite was i don't know what year this was maybe 08 09 somewhere in there but uh sergio kindle lived in my apartment building the quarters and i would see him every now and then on the elevator just whatever he would i would just put my head down and hide and stuff uh <laughs> But one time, me and my roommates were on the elevator, and we were pretty, pretty buzzed, pretty whatever you want to say, whatever word you want to turn. To, we know this word. is a this is a drink friendly show. You could say hammered. It's all good in the hood. Uh, and he comes on with his with his buds, and my my roommate like I, I, we, they just I, it could have it could even been like the fiesta. I, I have no I can't can't remember the year, but my roommate went up and like hugged Sergio. And was like, dude, thank you so much for playing so well at, at that bowl game, man. I just really love everything about you. And and he was like just grabbing onto his waist. And Sergio was like, okay, okay. Like like <laughs> backing up and like, I was like, oh, that was awesome. So uh, that was the closest I've, I've gotten to like a player on campus while they played. Um, but it was really funny. And That's Sergio awesome. was just giant. So That's that is a good one. I remember when yeah. Tyrone Swoops dunked on me in pickup basketball. I was like, <laughs> I can't even play basketball against my Jewish right. fraternity brothers. Why am I playing against our starting quarterback? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's an awesome one, Kyle. I don't even need to tell people to follow you on Twitter because if they they're listening to this show, they already do, man. Sure. Uh, we we appreciate everything you do, brother. It's great following you. Um, and look forward to the next book. Look forward to the next read. Yeah. Look, go, go buy all the books. Looking forward to volume three. Cause it sounds like there's going to be volume 10 with all the facts you could find right. putting down these Aggies and we're praying for a good season, man. Joshua Fisher, yeah. Alexander Disopolis, the Quan Cosby and our special guest, Kyle Umlang. get your horns up talking Texas podcast. We'll see you next time.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.